Good evening, everyone all across the globe. This is Raymond Ricks II, your host for Inner Visions for Obtaining Happiness. Yes. Or as I would call it, Inner Visions of the Inspired of Obtaining Happiness. Yes. I feel like happiness should be organic. You know, happiness is something that you basically work on. You know, it doesn't, I wouldn't say it's hard, it's hard work. It depends on what you're going through. If you're going through something that is very tragic right now, it's hard to smell. It really is. But in the midst of a storm, you know, the creator would will find a way to keep you going, the creator will find a way to strengthen you back into pieces. That's what the creator is for. Is the creator perfect? No. God is not perfect either. Okay, I I just want to get that clear. God is not perfect could be close to perfection but it's not perfect but God aka the creator he is 100% reliable he's 100% obtainable he is 100% pure counselor All right, I don't care what religion you are. I don't care who you believe in. The God of your understanding is the most reliable source of inspiration that you'll ever have in your life. All right. This car accident that I've dealt with, a near-death experience, has really awoken my mentality to the point where I wanted to be able to, you know, help somebody, you know, get back on their feet, you know, or share the similar experiences that somebody else is going through. My experience that I could share all across the globe, I hope can help somebody that's going through the same thing help them grow help them find a way to become even more stronger it's all right to hurt for a little bit but as time presses on you have to find the strength to press on too you know god gave you the ability to think god gave you the ability to love God God will not leave you here weakened God will look out for you in more ways than one all you really have to do is seek that connection with the God of your understanding that's all you have to do all you have to do is follow his blueprint follow his directions follow his love And when you follow his love, you can obtain as many goals as you can. 
you can make the impossible possible. Okay, you can accomplish more feet than David did against Goliath. But you just got to have that, that connection, that everyday connection with the creator. Life is going to be, it's going to throw you a lot of curved balls that you've never seen before. Like my father said, you know, God has something very special for you. But the devil has something even more special for you, too. The world balances which one you would choose. <laughs> yes, but um, I want to give a special shout out. And my heartfelt love to the people over in Sri Lanka. Um, as everybody don't know about Sri Lankans are in a debt crisis. Basically, they are on the verge or already about to be bankrupt as a country. All right. They're on the verge of bankruptcy. There are parts of Africa that is in debt to the uh, Chinese government, to the Chinese investors. As I've looked, did research and did a study on. Um, so it's very similar to that one, but this here is extremely worse. And I've realized that if you're going to I'll put it to you this way. If you're going to if you're going to borrow money, make sure you find a way to pay them back. And that's something that I've learned throughout the years. My father have, he has taught me to make sure you pay your bills, make sure you pay them on time, have that good reputation. Cuz really my reputation is in the past, it's been damaged because I took it lightly. But now, as I get older, as I get wiser, I realize that I got to do a better job. I have a son to raise. But um, but this is in dedication to Sri Lanka. As I'm reading from uh, Sri Lankan, the business standard... On their um, webpage, the Press Trust of India, last updated at April 26, 2022. But I want to I read this article here. Not word for word, but, but Sri Lankans, a lot of Sri Lankans will slip into poverty this year. The World Bank has warned and let people know. And as it urged the debt-ridden island nation to undertake urgent policy measures to address the high levels of debt, trim the fiscal deficit, and mitigate the adverse impacts on the poor and vulnerable. Sri Lanka is currently in the throes of an unprecedented economic turmoil 
since its independence from Britain in 1948. All right, around 11.7% of people in Sri Lanka earn less than USD $3.20 per day. The international poverty line for lower middle income countries up from 9.2% in 2019. The bank said it is spring update on the South Asian region. And another reason for the uh, poverty rates to go up in the country is because the government's Sam Mordi, uh, Sam Mordi, or Sam Mordi program, which covers around 1.2 million poor families in the country remain inadequate. Let me read this. Less than half of the poor were beneficiaries of the Sam Mordi, Sri Lanka's social safety net program, and benefit amounts remain largely inadequate, it said. <coughs> Due to the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Due to the pandemic, the Sri Lankan economy has contradicted by 3.6% in 2020, it stated. The World's Bank, April 22, 2022, update of Marco Poverty Outlook for Sri Lanka asserted that the heightened fiscal and external risk, as well as the challenging political situation, poses significant uncertainty to the economy outlook and the country faces an eternal financial gap in 2022 and beyond. All right. Last week, the World Bank readily a USD 10 million package to Sri Lanka for the purchase of medicines and other essentials. The country needs at least um, USD 4 billion to tie over its mounting economic woes and talk with international institutions such as the World Bank as well as countries like China and Japan for financial assistance have been going on. India has already agreed to defer USD 1.5 billion in import payments that Sri Lanka needs to make to the Asian Clearing Union. Last week, the Sri Lankan government said it would temporarily default on USD 35.5 billion in foreign debt as the pandemic and the war in Ukraine made it possible to make payments to overseas creditors. Thousands of demonstrators have hit the streets since April 9th, clamoring for the removal of Sri Lankan President Gotabaya Rajapaksa, blaming him for the gross mismanagement of the economy. And this is from the Sri Lankan World page. This is the Press Trust of India. April 26, 2022, which is still going on to this day. Um, a little special, uh, excuse me, 
a little special message, special report to the residents. Keep your head up. Times are hard. Times are rough. All right. So much stress is building up around your country. It's like you're in such a financial hole that you probably don't know if it's going to turn around or not. It's like being in the edge of a cliff. It's like even in desperation, there's it doesn't work. It's like being cursed for no reason. So I tell the people in Sri Lanka, do what you have to do to survive. Do not give in to politics. Do not give in to these corrupt individuals who have drained your money dry. All right. If you if your leader, if you have a leader, your leader's job is to represent the country to the fullest, making sure the country is in good shape and good condition by any means necessary. It breaks my heart what that what a former president did. Leaving the residents without nothing, leaving them in poverty, leaving them without a lot of food. It is it's hard. It's hard, it's not easy. But whatever God of your understanding that you have, whoever you pray to, hang on to him. Pray to him every single night. Even when, even when the storm is over, still pray and meditate to the God of your understanding. Try to have, try to have a special relationship with your creator because the enemy will do twice as hard he will go at you at full force and it will affect some people but if you continue to stay prayed up if you continue to stay positive if you continue to stay upbeat if you plan accordingly but you pray accordingly, you will survive the eye of the storm. You know, the creator's test is to see, you know, how you find ways to survive. We all can pray. We all pray to the God of our understanding. We all talk to the God of our understanding. We all communicate to the God of our understanding. But what are we doing to put in to the universe?
all right, is so important because the universe has to have a balance. The universe can only put forth what you put in. All right. Now, some more message to the people in Sri Lanka. I strongly feel that a turnaround is going to take place. All right. I strongly feel that if you can stay positive, if you can stay upbeat, you know, if you can find people who really care about your best interests, but yet you continue to fight for yourself. And when you continue to, you know, be a positive influence to other people, you will get through anything. All right. Those of you who are going through a depression, anxiety, and feel like your life is over because this is really happening to us. This has really become a nightmare and we can't escape the nightmare. Well, my message to everybody. Yes, you deserve better. All of you do. You all do. You know, just continue to fight, 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 fight. Hey, for the protesters, with that spirit, that fighting spirit, continue to protest, continue to fight what's right. Continue. If you can, if you can continue to have that spiritual energy, if you follow the spiritual laws of success, you can overcome this. Detroit, Michigan has something very similar. And now this, this uh, beautiful city of Detroit is on the verge of turning their economy around. It took a village to raise a child, but it takes a village to stand up and fix whatever problem it has, not only in the community, but in their economy, their business, social issues, etc., etc. It takes a village to make a positive change in this world. That one, that one positive community can spark another community and then that community would spark another community. It's a trickle-down effect. All right. My message to Sri Lanka, you will survive the eye of the storm. You will survive you will survive the eye of the storm. You will overcome the political corruption that these presidents are handing out.
you will be rewarded for your courage and your effort to survive and fight for what's necessary for your family and for your neighbor. We fall down and we get back up. But when we get back up, you know, you're coming at full force. That's right. The enemy might push you to the brink, but you get up and find a knockout blow and you beat in one your first step in recovery. This doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. But if you keep becoming vigilant, if you keep fighting for yourself, if you keep fighting for the love of your country, positive changes and outcomes will happen. Just continue to stay positive, Sri Lanka. Just continue to love each other. Love yourself. Have knowledge of self. Let's get spiritual. And let the healing begin. That healing will translate into victory. A victory that your enemies won't see coming. So Sri Lanka, I love you. We love you. You will overcome and you will win convincingly. Yes. All right, everybody. I will be back and we will do a second segment. So don't go anywhere because InterVisions will be right back. Looking for a future A-list star? Looking for a future Emmy or Grammy Award winning superstar? Look no further than the hottest black and white indie films in the world on Tubi app channel. We got all the great movies and all the great performers and actors and actresses like Natia Nicole, Socorro Jones, Jasmine Alicia, Kelsey Delamar, and film production like 856 Films, Dennis Reproductions, yes, and so much more. Check out the Tubi app channel for the hottest films are on full display. It's fantastic. Let's get it. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back. 
Well, we are going to get started on, we're going to look into Indonesia. Why are people so attracted to India? India has a rich historical culture, especially in ancient times. I'm looking at their travel website and we're going to, you know, speak some talking points in Bali, Indonesia. Now, this is the land of the gods. Bali appears through its sheer, natural, beautiful of the volcanoes and lush terrains of the rice fields that exclude peace and serenity. That's right. Has beautiful ocean, um, a lot of surfers, fishermen. They go out, have themselves a ball. Now on this page here of the wonderful Indonesia, in this paragraph, the handcrafts of the gods. There are thousands of gift shops in Bali. From Din, was it? Din Pasar to Ubud. You'll find many things you'll like to bring back home. Balinese signature souvenir range from delicious snacks and beverages to the exquisite handcrafted goods like Tenen Bali. If you are thinking of bringing home souvenirs, your best bet is the souvenir market at Sukuwate, where you may be overwhelmed by the choice. Kuta has a large variety of boutiques and shops selling everything from bright t-shirts, surfwear, flip-flops to creative trinkets. If you wish to buy dried foodstuffs, Bali coffee is the most aromatic or, or I'm sorry, aromatic one. You may also want to buy aromatherapy essentials oils to sprinkle with your bath. The vitamin C surfers love the waves at Nusa Limbongan near Nusa Penida. These islands are a 45 minutes boat trip from Nusa Dua. The best dive spots can be located at Minjagan Island. With its reef, flat anchors, wreck, eel garden, and caves to explore. Located in the western part of Bali, you can enjoy the rare sight of deer swimming near the beach. Bali offers first class adrenaline pumping white water rafting down the spectacular Ayung River by Ubud. So it's a lot of great features here. Um, get you a little bit more here. Hold on. In Jakarta, I'm sorry, Jakarta is the capital city of the Republic of Indonesia. Jakarta is a huge sprawling metropolis home to over 10 million people 
with diverse ethnic group backgrounds from all over Indonesia. During the day, the number increased with commuters making their way to work in the city and flock out again in the evenings. It is located the northwest of Java Island, the province of DKI. Jakarta has rapidly expanded through the years, observing many villages in the process. A part of the local experience is that you may dive down one wide avenue one minute, then suddenly find yourself squeezed into a small street together with scores of cars and motorbikes. With this many suburbs, Jakarta has become a megapolitan city. Therefore, when you visit Jakarta, it is best to invest in a good map or rely on GPS to navigate around. So it's basically like a regular city, but, you know, it's like a regular city, but it's in Indonesia, you see. It has its historical heritage in West Jakarta, like the Museum of Fatahila, surrounding Kota Tua or Old Jakarta District, where you can ride a classic bike to tour the area. In East Jakarta, you can visit Taman Mini Indonesia Inda, the miniature of Indonesia Archipelago. You can explore the details of traditional houses and a glimpse of Indonesia's diverse culture in this park. So it is a very beautiful but popular city and country. Yes, so much love to the country of Indonesia. So I'm just exiting the Indonesia travel website. So we're going to go a little bit into ancient Indonesia. All right, let's talk about it. Indonesia did not exist as yet during the Pala, was it the Pelake Ocean, <clears throat> excuse me, the Pale Ocean period, 70 million years of BC. The Eocene period, 30 million years BC. And the Oligocene period, 25 million years BC. So so many, um, so many periods, but it is a beautiful history. All right, the the Kaka period. I'm sorry, the Kaya period in Indonesia witnessed the introduction of the Sanskrit language in the Palawa script by the Indian prince Ajay. Sik Siaka, Siaka. Okay, got it. Seventy-eight eighty. The Gari script of the Sanskrit language was also used as shown in the ancient stone and copper inscriptions. All right, the Paracassis, which have been unearthed. The language and script were adapted and called the. 
Kawi language and included words and phrases derived from Javanese. So, um, when I was reading the book, um, was it Ancient Africa? Is it a myth or reality by Shekana Jop? Uh, he was a um, total genius. Or was it the African, yeah, the African, is the African myth a myth or a reality? It is a reality. But um, Shekana Jop mentioned about Persia being involved against um, Kemet being involved to make Northern Africa a part of the Middle East. So it has its low balance moments. All right, and I know, um, was it Akhenaten, Tutmosis, that they had to go up against? And eventually, with their technology, it was way too much. And that's how they overtook it. And it became known as the Middle East. All right. Because Egypt was known as the Black Land, Kemet. But because of so many invasions from different countries, Kemet was now called Egypt. All right. And Egypt is still really the Middle East is part of Africa. Always has and always will. All right. So Indian culture and customs were introduced, such as the system of government and a monarchy in the ancestry system, the organization of military troops, literature, music, and dance, agriculture, architecture, religious practices, and rituals. Yes, the Hindu literacy, literary works known as Vedas and the Mahabharata in Ramayana epics were also introduced through the weighing or shadow play performance which is still very popular in many parts of present-day Indonesia. The first Indian Buddhists arrived in Indonesia between the first and second centuries AD. They brought with them Buddhists and its two sects. In Nayama and Mayam Yana, the, the latter became more advanced in the 8th century AD. In 144 AD, a Chinese Buddhist saint, Fasian, was caught in a storm and landed in Java Zuapa, or Java Island, where he stayed for five months. The northern part of Ireland was then ruled by Indonesian Hindu king named Kudunga Kute on the island of Bornero, was successfully ruled by the Hindu kings Divan Warm Man, Ashwarm Warman, and Mula Warman. When the Greek explorer and geographer Plutomy of Alexandria 
wrote on Indonesia. He named either the island of Java or Sumatra. Abadio. His chronicles describe Java as a country with a good system of government and advanced agriculture, navigation, and astronomy. Chinese chronicles of 132 AD describe the existence of diplomatic relations between Java Ruipa and China. Around 502 AD, Chinese animals, I mean, I'm sorry, shoot, Chinese annals mentioned the existence of the Buddhist kingdom, Kanto. Yep, Kanto Lim in South Sumatra, presumably in the neighborhood of present-day Palembang. So there was very interesting, interesting history. Um, you can read the rest in um, Asian Info in this Indonesia main page. So I want to um, Asian. Okay, it's not secured. Okay, let me escape out of it. I want to, you know, get you into asianinfo.org, but to my surprise, and now to my knowledge, it's not secure. So be careful um, going into those kind of websites there. Okay, if it doesn't have the lock, then I would reconsider, you know, visiting that page. But Indonesia, they have um, great universities. Um, they have a lot. They're very known for um, their technology. So I'm going to give you the list of colleges. You have the University of Indonesia, Gadjah Mada University, Bandung. You have um, Bandung Institute of Technology. You have Dean Panegoro University, Java University, Hansen Nuddin University, and Dallas University. University of Sematera. Utara, Lampong University, um, you have a lot of great history, great history, um, very intelligent, but most importantly, they are more known in the technology field. Um, they take their cultural very seriously, um, especially in the high-tech field. The University of Lampung is one of the top universities there. So I want to give a special, special, special shout-out to Lampung University. Much love to you. Much love to the country of Indonesia, much love to Sri Lanka, much love to the country of Java. I love all of you up in Indonesia, much love.
And now I will give you my special comment on low energy vibes in Virginia, in Hampton, Virginia, Newport News, Virginia. So I shall return. Love creativity. Do you enjoy artwork on your book bag, handbag, a mug, a tumbler, even on a keychain? Then check out Love Able Creations, where she puts all of her love through her artwork. Yes, check out Love Able Creations. Where creativity meets innovation in an accessory. Yeah. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to Inner Visions of the Inspired Obtaining Happiness. Now I wanted to add a, you know, I want to add a segment because I wanted to show support to two countries, um, all countries that listen to this podcast. I want to say I love you, and what I will do, I'll make sure I make a segment for each country since you've taken the time to show support for me. I'm going to take the time to show support to you guys and this year we're going to talk about the culture of the philippines and we're going to talk about the culture of kingston jamaica let's start off with the philippines the history people have lived in the philippines since the dawn of the human history highlight Originally, the various islands were populated by competing tribes, each with their own king or queen. This is the from the I Explore website. You know, I'm getting a little familiar myself. In 1521, the explorer Magellan claimed the island for Spain and colonization began in 1565. Manila was established as the capital of what was then known as the Spanish East Indies in 1571. But also, too, um, there were uh, witnesses—excuse <clears throat> me—there were witnesses that saw and looked at the Philippines as of darker complexion during um, ancient times. Um, where they had some witness women with curly hair looking like it was, it feels like it was woolly hair. Same with the males. They uh, take pride in their families, in their culture. I'm going to read the Spanish rule brought Catholicism to the area with missionaries establishing churches, schools, hospitals, universities, and largely displacing the previous entrenched Hindu, Islamic, and Buddhist faiths. So it became a Christianized country. 
All right. Three priests were executed by Bayum. Now, Rizal Park for tradition, which sparked a movement for political reform. Early lobbyists were executed when prompt Andres Benefacio to establish a secret society for independence known as the Ketipunan in 1892. The Philippine-American War between American soldiers and Filipino revolutionaries lasts from 1899 to 1902 and resulted in U.S. control of the region during which literacy increased and freedom of religion was introduced, removing Catholicism status as the state religion. American promises of independence in 1916 led to the Philippines being granted Commonwealth status in 1935. They were invaded by Japan during World War II, which was a dark time. When so many Filipinos died, over a million people. Then you had the assassination of the opposition leader Benigno Nino Aquino Jr. in 1983, increased political pressure for reform. The culture of the Philippines comprised a blend of traditional Filipino and Spanish Catholic traditions with influences from American and other parts of Asia. Like I said before, it was like a Buddhist Muslim culture with more dark skinned Filipinos that was uh, that was around in the region at that time. Now the Filipinos the Filipinos are often they were family oriented and often religious with an appreciation for art, fashion, music, and food. A lot of Spanish food cuisines um, that I will look up. Um, yes, hold on. I'm going to. All right. They have Panzit influence from the Chinese. Let me let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Lumpia. Lumpia is a delicious deep fried spring roll stuffed with a mixture of minced meat and chopped vegetables. Panzit. Panzit or panzit are noodles that can be mixed with whatever meat, vegetable, your stomach desires. Um, you see it in Panda Express. You see it in a lot of um, Korean food restaurants. It is very popular in the Philippines. Chicken adobo it is influenced by the Spanish, one of the most well-known dishes on our list. Yes. As some vinegar, crushed garlic, some chickens, Soy sauce and black pepper. Lish flan. You have curry, curry. It's a stew with vegetables, oxtail, and thick savory peanut sauce. Originated before the Spanish arrived to the Philippines. Sisig is a fatty meat dish with pig head and liver. 
marinated with vinegar, soy sauce, calamans, juice, and chili peppers. They have so many great dishes. They really do. Um, that's right. Let me see here. Hold on one second. Hold on. The Philippines is a culture in which East meets West. The Filipino people have a distinct Asian background with a strong Western tradition. Filipino people tend to be more hospitable, especially to Western visitors because of their strong ties to the Spanish culture. Filipinos are emotional and passionate about their life in a way that seems more Latin than Asian. This is easily seen as the works of contemporary artists such as Rodi Herrera. Family is the basic and most important aspect of Filipino culture. Divorce is prohibited and annulments, I'm sorry, annulments are rare. The family is the safety net for individuals, especially older people during difficult economic times. Political and business ties are often influenced by family relationships. More than 80% of the population of the Philippines is Roman Catholic fiestas in honor of the patron saint of a town are quite common. Catholicism or criticism of the Catholic Church is not taken lightly and should be avoided. Now, anyone with a valid passport may enter the Philippines for up to 21 days without a visa. All travelers should keep in mind, however, that cost 500 pesos, well, well, P500 to leave the country, or meaning $50. The Philippines has much to offer tours and sightseers, mountains, beaches, caves, markets filled with exotic goods. Hotel range about $50 per night to several hundred dollars per night. A tax of 15% is added to the cost of each. Room is a beautiful place where it's more like an island meets the mountains. Now we're going to go to Kingston, Jamaica. talk about Kingston, Jamaica. Kingston was founded in 1692 as a place for survivors of the earthquake that destroyed Port Royal. It's located on the southeastern coast of the island. It is both the capital and largest city of Jamaica. Kingston is the seat of government in Jamaica and the island's business capital. Even with the many opportunities for business, the resort area of Kingston is also known for cultural, educational, and leisure options. Number four is the largest botanical gardens in the Caribbean, 2,000 acres. 
Hope Gardens is home to many indigenous plants as well as coconut museums. But Kingston, Jamaica is also very political. You have a lot of countrymen and women, they take pride in their color, they take pride in their culture, they take pride in their, uh, you know, their fight against the political giants. So they're very political every time you, you know, sit and have a talk with them. All right. They have the best ice cream, pastry, gourmet cuisine, Jamaican gems. Um, some have curry chicken, but it's mostly like an island. An island feel, you know, is filled with beautiful sights, beautiful people. It's the home to um, the great Bob Marley. Get up, stand up, stand up for your right. Bob Marley was one of the greatest artists to ever come out of Jamaica. People say um, Usain Bolt as far as the athlete. Okay, I get it. Um, people don't know that Patrick Ewing, um, the NBA Hall of Famer for the New York Knicks, is from Kingston, Jamaica. Did you guys know that? Yes, Patrick Ewing is from Kingston, Jamaica. Um, I think I, I will say that he's one of the greatest athletes to, came, to come out of Kingston, Jamaica. But Bob Marley's one of the great um, artists to come out of there. Bob Marley was very political. Um, he spoke his mind when it comes to religion. He spoke his mind when it comes to the black culture. And he uh, spoke his mind about what is oppressing his people and what is oppressing the Kingston, Jamaica. Jamaica is by far one of the most beautiful countries in the world. Please check it out. I would love to check it out with my wife and son. It's a beautiful place to be in. Much love to the people in Kingston, Jamaica. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast, The Philippines. People who are in the Philippines, um, I believe it's a country in Bajou. And there's a few other countries that I can't pronounce, to be honest. I got to look at it, but I want to say thank you for tuning in to the uh, podcast. I'm going to do the same thing for other countries that have taken the time. Um, Alberta, Canada is really is very big on hockey, very big on multiculturalism, very big in hockey, but very big in wrestling. You see a lot of uh, wrestlers, they come, they're from Canada, but they come here in America to make a name for themselves. Um, It's cold, but it's also a beautiful place to be. So much love to Alberta, Canada. Much love, much love, much love. But everybody, um, I just wanted to uh, let everyone know that um, some of the segments, they were from past episodes. I blend them together for a little remix that I did, which deals with big city life, the message from the beautiful Um And 
this segment here, I'm giving a special shout out to Kingston, Jamaica, and um, the Philippines. Much love to everybody. Much love. Everybody, enjoy the rest of the show, and I will see you next time. See you tomorrow. Much love. Good evening, everybody. How's everyone doing? I am back. I am so glad. I'm so happy right now. I am thrilled to be talking to you guys. Man, oh man, it's just a blessing to be waking up, you know, to see sunlight, to be able to see your loved one, to see your son, to see people that care about you. I mean, there's going to be so many negative entities coming your way. But if you keep your eyes on your higher power, who has that master plan for you, that journey that he has you walking through, you realize that life is beautiful. Life doesn't have to be always so treacherous. It doesn't have to be so negative and so hostile you know like like a like a guy that i know from uh hampton university where i used to study history he told me that you can create the heaven or you can create hell on earth that was a very powerful statement and when i sit back and i and i think about it you can choose the path that you want to take. You can choose the people that you want in your inner circle. You can choose the decisions that you make. The choice is so yours. If you surround yourself with people who have something going on for themselves, spiritually and mentally, vibrationally, if you go to places that have a good sensation, that good vibration, then your whole spirit, your whole atmosphere becomes heaven. It's not life after death, it's here on earth. Like they say, is was it basic instructions before leaving earth? Yes. But um, I want to do a few shout outs here. Um, I want to shout out the people here in Hampton, Virginia, Newport News and um, Virginia Beach, um, Yorktown, Pocosin, um, people who are listening to my podcast. I want to say thank you so very much. I want to give a special shout out to a good friend. Um, Jamari Cross. She is an up-and-coming model, um, a very sweet human being. Uh, she has a son. She's a single mother who is trying to make it in the modeling world. So, um, any uh, modeling agent who wants to 
you know, hire a model, she is the it factor. You know, I'm trying to get her recognized and, you know, I do need help so she can be recognized. She's a beautiful person, beautiful personality, beautiful spirit. And, you know, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure she gets the attention that she deserves in the fashion and modeling world. So special shout out to you, Ms. Uh, Jamari Cross. Yes, um, I want to send a special shout out to um, three wonderful people over in um, their actors and actresses. Um, Ms. Natia Porter, Nelson J. Davis, who is an excellent filmmaker, director, writer. Um, also, Ms. Uh, Sakura Jones, who has a podcast out. I'm so happy. I am so thrilled for you three. Um, you know, we interact on Instagram, and I'm telling you, they are sensational human beings. Um, so please check them out. Um, they're very excellent people, and some of their movies you'll like as well. Um, but also, I wanted to give a real special shout out to um, the one and only my good friend Dawn Nicoleon and the Brain Trust herself, Ms. Nefertiti, surviving the game. How's it going, ladies? I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for um, inspiring me to um, break out of the box and start a podcast because I was always shy. I was a shyest person in the room. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to speak. I didn't want to interact. I was scared. But when I listened to the show and some of the words that they are saying, and I'm telling you, they can uplift the person. Okay. Their uplifting message about life itself. You know, there are some curse words and some of their topics are very politically controversial, but behind closed doors, Behind closed doors, they are excellent human beings and they will inspire you to do well and to elevate yourself. So, ladies, I say thank you. Much love and respect. And right now, we are going to start. The topic is going to be elevating your chakra levels. We're going to focus on the chakra levels and we're going to focus on how to relax and how to get rid of the stress and develop your happiness. Yeah, so... Basically, the seven chakras are basically the energy centers of your whole body. All right. People have been saying, you know, they want their chakra cleanse. Why you want your chakra cleanse? Is not only a energy thing, but it's very spiritual. It is like going to a therapy session to get your soul touched. All right. If you are thinking about jumping 
off a roof and you just wanted something that would get you through, you know, something that would help you get through that moment. But hey, let's 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 live life on life term for just for another day. And then when you listen to the message, when you feel that chakra spirit, it's like, okay, let's try another day. And it's a day and day process where you're slowly but maturely getting your chakras cleansed. And before you know it, you want to enjoy life on life terms, man. Ain't that powerful, y'all? It is so, so powerful. Yes. Um, well, let me get to number one, the root chakra, the Mulanhandra. The Mulanhandra, or root chakra, represents our foundation. On the human body, it sits at the base of the spine and gives us the feeling of being very, very grounded or humbled. When the root chakra is open, we feel confident in our ability to withstand the challenges that we face in this world. It could be a job assignment that is too hard to overcome. Or, you know, you're faced with dilemmas where your co-workers or somebody that you know are upset at you or don't like you and it's weighing heavy on your heart because you have a caring spirit or no, or you could deal with or you're dealing with tragedy that you think you can't overcome well this I mean this root chakra is it the root chakra is located base of the spine and tailbone area it is the survival issues such as financial independence, money, and food. Um, the mantra is I can't grow from an unsteady foundation. Something that I've been dealing with um, as far as financial situations. The color is red. The element is earth, stone, hermantite. And when it develops, it develops within the one to seven years old. Yes. The sacral chakra, this what histana or sacral chakra helps inform how we relate to our emotions and the emotions of others. It also governs creativity and sexual energy. Those with a block chakra could feel a lack of control in their lives. What I mean is those with a block sacra chakra could feel a lack of control in their lives. What it's trying to say is how to control our emotions. How do we, you know... When we're feeling out of control, where do we go to? Or how do we manage it? 
Do we go to somebody to say, hey, I need help? How were you able to get over your emotions? You know, those kind of issues. It's okay to ask somebody for help. Nothing wrong with that. It takes a man and it takes a woman to do that. That's a person that's trying to change. That's a person that is spiritually is trying to grow. Now, the color is orange. The element is water. Stone is the tiger's eye. Yoga, yoga pose is bound angle pose. And when it develops, 8 to 14 years old. So it's located the lower abdomen about two inches below the navel. What it controls, your sense of abundance, well-being, pleasure, and sexuality. Yeah, so to you adults out there, the sacral chakra is very important. Extremely important. You know, as far as, uh, you know, trying to figure out who are you emotionally? What is your emotions? How do I master my emotions? The solo plexus chakra. The Manipura, the third chakra, the solar plexus chakra, speaks to your ability to be confident and in control of your life. Think back to the last time you had butterflies or feel a pit in the stomach. That's the Manipura chakra at work. If you're if you're solo, I'm sorry, solar plexus chakra is blocked. You might feel overwhelming amounts of shame and self-doubt. Those with open sacral chakras are free to express their true selves. It starts to develop when you're 21 years old. The location is in the upper abdomen in the stomach area. But it controls self-worth, self-confidence, and self-esteem. The color is yellow Element, fire, stone, amber, yoga, yoga pose, boat. Yeah, so, just remember, when you're cleansing your chakra, think about your self-worth. Think about yourself. Think about what you have done positively. Think about the positive things that you have contributed on planet Earth. You don't have to think negative all the time. You are love. God is love. Buddha is love. The people who care about you is love. Think about love. Think about peace. Think about happiness. And when it's time to fight and go to war for something that you passionately believe in 
then it will be that time. But right now it's about your inner peace. Loving yourself. Because your value is high. Others might not think it is. But only you can value at your worth. If you think it's high, you stick with it. Believe in yourself. Love yourself. Embrace yourself. Celebrate yourself. All right. As that song say, by the rare earth, I just want to celebrate another day of living. I just want to celebrate another day of life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Because life is worth living. Okay, life is really worth living. It's about your decision making. It's about surrounding yourself with peaceful people. Is about surrounding yourself with people who have your best interests. People who know, who really know how to contribute in life. People who really are going in a direction where it is in the positive. Be positive, stay positive, stay uplifted, and be inspired. It's about being inspired. And another thing, just because somebody curses all the time, that doesn't mean they're not spiritual. See, we get religion and spirituality mixed up. We think religion and spirituality are the same. No, it's not. Never has and never will be. Okay, never has and never will be. Just because you go to church all the time, that might work for you. That is fine. That is all good. If that works for you in your journey, go for it. Stick with it. But if you don't live the principles that the higher power has for you, then you going to church or you going to an SGI meeting or the um, Temple 7 of uh, for the Nation of Islam... It absolutely is meaningless. You can wear spiritual clothes all you want. But if you don't have the spirituality in you to uplift people, then I'm sorry, you're wasting your time. You're wasting wasting your energy. And you're wasting, and basically you're just, your higher power, whether it's Jesus, Allah, Buddha, is irrelevant if you can't follow the principles. Yes, so let me, okay, yes, doing a little preaching here. The heart chakra, the anhata or heart chakra is the bridge between the lower chakras associated with materiality and the upper the upper chakras associated with spirituality. 
As the name suggests, this chakra can influence our ability to give and receive love from others and ourselves. With a block chakra, you will have a hard time opening up to people. Now it's in the center of the chest. It controls love, joy, and inner peace. The color is green. The element is air. Stone is rose quartz. Yoga pose, camel pose. And it starts at 28 years old when you develop it. See, when your heart is blocked as far as the heart chakra, you don't feel like you want to interact with the world. You don't feel like that you want anybody to talk to you. You feel um, isolated, antisocial. I mean, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of hard. You know, when in actuality, in anatomy, when your heart is blocked, you can't breathe. Basically, you die. And that's something that we don't want. There's something that we need our heart to survive. We need water to survive. But we need love and happiness to spiritually survive. Yes, 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 yes. see the throat chakra the vishuhada the vish okay I'm sorry the vishuhada or throat chakra gives voice to the heart chakra and controls our ability to communicate our personal power When it's functioning at full capacity, it allows us to express ourselves truly and clearly. Someone with a blocked throat chakra will feel like they're having trouble finding words or how they truly feel. Now, that has happened to me plenty of times in my life. And that's, I'm a work in progress. Yes, yes. So, if your throat chakra is blocked, or if your throat is blocked, you can't breathe. There's no air coming out, which means you can't say anything. When you can't breathe, you die as well. That's why it's so important to cleanse your chakras. It's so important to bond with the chakras that the higher power gives you it's about the mantras like I speak my truth always it's a light blue turquoise color element is sound music stone aquamarine yoga pose fish pose develops between the ages of 29 and 35 years old 
So the, th the throat chakra is very important. That's where it's about communicating, communicating clearly. Keep your honest opinion, your honest self-expression, awareness, teaching people. You know, words can uplift a person. Words can put a person back down to earth. Words are everything. Communication is everything. The third eye chakra is number six. Third eye, as we move up the body, we are getting closer to communion with the divine. The anja or third eye chakra controls our ability to see the big picture and connect to intuition. Think of it as the eye of the soul. It registers, it registers information beyond the surface level. It is located in the forehead between the eyes, also called the brow chakra. It controls the intuition, imagination, and wisdom. Dark blue, purple color, element light, stone, amhyth, anhyth, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get that pronunciation right. Develops between 36 and 42 years old. The stone is amheist. Excuse the pronunciation. So basically, the third eye is what I've learned in college at Strayer University is the importance of innovation, creativity. That's what your third eye is. A third eye is a another eye that sees differently, that sees more deeply into something that no one else can ever imagine. It taps into your innovation. You know, so many workplaces, so many jobs, even small businesses, they use innovation ideas to not only make money, but to attract a lot of new people. That's how success is made. And the same thing would go for you developing as a human being. You know, when you read and, you know, you get the impression of what's in that book. You learn something. Your mind comes out as a new person. The third eye is something spiritual. The third eye is uniquely puts you in that category where, okay, I don't think like anybody else out here. I think like myself. I have my own traits. And last but not least, but more important, the crown chakra. The crown chakra, the highest chakra, sits at the crown of the head and represents our ability to be fully connected spiritually. When you fully open your crown chakra, something very few people ever do. 
you're able to access a higher consciousness. The location, the very top of the head. It controls our spirituality connection, our inner and outer beauty. The color is violet, white, element divine consciousness, stone clear quartz, yoga pose, headstand, and it develops between the ages of 43 and 49 years old. So as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, our mind is a terrible thing to waste. That crown chakra is the key to unlock so many mysteries that you've been waiting to answer. You get to see clearly what the master plan is of your life. You get to see clearly you know how life really runs you get to clearly see what kind of decisions you need to make what tough decisions you have to make or you know your daily struggle how to overcome it it's like here's a manual and you look at the manual there are parts Let's say there are parts to a car. They'll tell you the tools that you need and what to connect first and then what's next to connect. You know, you have to have the materials right in front of you in order to make a full body car. Yes. Everybody we're gonna do a little chanting right quick. Nam yo horinye go. Nam yo horinye go. Nam yo horinye go. Nam yo horinye go. Nam yo Nam yo Nam yo Nam yo Nam yo Mayo Horinyeko, Hoban Pondani, Niji Sesson Jo Jamanan Jo Niki, Go Shari Hosu Shoboji, Ejinjin Moyo, Go Shi Emanang Nanyu, Isa Shaman Yakachi, Busi Shofun, Nonchi, Sho Ishaka, Busi So Shangan, Yakusin Manoku. Mushu show busu shin jo show busu mu yo do ho yam yo show shu mu shopaman show ju jin jin mi so yu ho zi shi show sashu e shu nange shari ho shu go shu show busu ira show shu e nan show shu ha yu 
Ko in gyang yo mu shou hoban in do shou shu ryoshi shou shoku shou ishaga nara shoban shiken hara nitsu kai gusoku shari hosu nara shiken koda jinyo bu yo mu je riki bu shou i jinjo gira shaman jinyo musa Shoshu Isha Mutmiso Uho Shari Hosu Nirano Shoshu Fu Mesu Jose Shoho Ganshi Nunya Ika Shoshin Shari Hosu Shoyo Ganshi Muyo Muhan Miso Yuho Busishu Shoshu Shi Shari Hosu Fusho Busheshu Shou Ishaga Bushou Joshu Da Eki Yu Nange Shiho We Busu Jou Nanu Kujin Shou Jishou Shou Ishou Naze Shou Naze Shou Naze Ta Noze Riki Noze Sha Noze In Noze Uh Noze Ka Noze Ho Noze Hama Kuyoto Show show no say show no say show no say ta no say Ricky no say sha no say in no say her no say ka no say ho no say hama kuyoto Show show no say show no say show no say ta no say Ricky no say sha no say in no say her no say ka no say ho no say hama kuyoto Nam yo ringe go Nam yo ringe go Nam yo ringe go Take a deep breath Exhale Take a deep breath Exhale. Take a deep breath. Exhale. Take a deep breath. Exhale. Take a deep breath. Exhale. Jesus, how do you feel right now? What what are your emotions right now? How do you feel? Do you feel relaxed? Do you feel like do you feel like the heavy load is off your heart? Do you feel calm? Do you feel relaxed? Do you feel a little spiritually elevated? Do you feel better than you did before? Do you feel happy? That's the key. Are you happy? Because if you're happy, then 
hey, you're on the right track. All it takes is a little happiness to turn things around. It takes a little happiness to get on a winning streak. It takes a little happiness to be spiritual. To spark the world and to spark a nation. You are loved. Your higher power loves you. There are people on planet Earth that truly, truly loves you. Don't focus on the people who don't care for you. Just block them out. Now, when you get to that job, you have the tools and the ability to deal with it. But right now, when you're in that quiet space, when you're in that facility where it's just you, where it's just your God of your understanding, where it's just simply you, your spirit, and the world. It's like you being in that mountain by yourself. How do you feel? You know, change can be sudden, but change takes time to develop. But once you go at it day by day by day by day, you become a new spiritual creature. You're not a part of the secular world anymore. You're not a part of the mainstream society. You are loved. You are a new human being. You now have the tools to spark a positive chain reaction that the world needs right now. Love yourself, know thyself, and be thyself. Well, right now we're going to take a quick break and have a little small take that I will do. So I can't wait to come back. So take a little break right now and I shall return. to smell good, feel good, and embrace the beauty. Check out all different flavors on the billion dollar skincare product known as Hypnotic Skincare. Because beauty is skin deep and beauty is of the mindset. So check out the billion dollar product Hypnotic Skincare. Where all scent is in all kind of flavors. Do you love your skin to feel healthy? Do you love your skin to smell good? Women, do you love to have your hair covered 
in beautiful bonnets day and night. Then come check out one of the hottest cosmetic lines in the country. Warriors Dream Cosmetics. That's right. Come check out one of the hottest entrepreneurs in the skincare world. Warriors Dreams Cosmetics at warriorsdreamscosmetics.com. Check it out. Check it out. Hey, everybody. I am back, and I'm just so happy to come back to this show. I'm happy to spread the word. I'm happy to spread the message. I am still recovering from the major car accident. Physically, I'm fine, but spiritually, I'm just all into pieces. I'm stressed more than ever. I'm struggling to stay happy. I really am. Ever since the accident, it's been a struggle to just be happy about life. It has nothing to do with anybody. It's just dealing with money issues, dealing with trying to find my spirituality. It's been the battle with spirituality that I'm dealing with is a heartbreaker for me and my depression has came back to life a little bit and this is where my Hansen would kick in and then I would be stress free but I miss my Hansen. I miss it Just chant for me, everybody. Because it's been, the last couple of weeks has been extremely stressful. My credit score went down over a hundred something odd points. I don't have a car. It's like I'm in a free fall. So it's a struggle. So, excuse me, just everybody, please bear with me, just with your love and support, I can get through this, I really can, but um, I want to tell people, I don't care who you are or what you believe in, as long as it's saving your life, you stick with it, all right? If it's Jesus that you love and worship, if it's saving your life, you stick with it. If it's Allah that is saving your life, you do whatever you can to stick with it. If it's Buddha that you love and care for, you do whatever you can to stick with it. If it's atheism that has saved your life and has put you in the right path, you will do anything in your power to find a way to stick with it. 
me and my pro do this and I'm finding a way to stick with it even though so many people tell me that Jesus is a way to go for me I get frustrated because I feel like I I feel like I'm being typecast in a sense okay and it's also caused me to be unhappy it really has but I, I feel like I needed to just get that off my chest but here's the topic that I want to discuss is on comedic spirituality I'm going to give a special shout out to the 5% nation give a special shout out to the beautiful Asia, my spiritual advisor my mentor Dr. Phil Valentine I wish I really want to meet Dr. Phil Valentine I really want to meet this brother I really want to meet him I want to you know that's my hero that's my idol much love to you brother much love so we're going to go into spirituality of commit comedic spirituality what is comedic spirituality comedic spirituality may also be called naturism or egyptian neo-paganism the name derives from kemet this is the original native name for the ancient egyptian homeland so before it was called egypt it was first named kemet before it was invaded and all that kemetic spirituality derives heavily from many sources traditional african spiritual practices ancient egyptian architecture and traditional modern infusions but was really more popular with kemetic spirituality is the use of yoga yoga is connected with the chakra levels and when you put yoga into perfect form your chakra levels are cleansed but your chakra levels are activated the sacral chakra will be benefited the most by the yoga pose um but yoga would not be effective if it had not been for the crown chakra the crown chakra elevates that person in yoga to a different spiritual plane and is evident is scientific is medical Kemetic traditions are grounded in a cycle from birth through life and death back to rebirth these same roots characterize many traditions the kemetic tradition though focuses very very strongly on moving adherence from a state of confusion to a spiritual rebirth basically this is the this is the first version of the real holy ghost 
This is the Holy Ghost. Before you have the Holy Ghost in the church, you would have the Holy Ghost right outside the pyramids where ancient pharaohs and followers would celebrate. Adherents express these many different ways. Some pictures show colored areas that represent states of confusion or enlightenment. Other comedic traditions use a chakra-like system equivalent to yoga. Kemetism is no different. The tradition is rooted strongly in Maya. This ancient Egyptian ideal rose truth, balance, order, harmony, law, morality, and justice all up together. The result, a harmonious, I'm sorry, the harmonious system of practical and spiritual teachings. Spiritual foundations by ancient Egyptians does manifest in different ways or different levels. One of the most common is yoga studio for today's, you know, in today's society. Interested people can take yoga classes based on kemetism. I'm looking at this article here. I can remember it um, with my mind, but I want to give you the um, source. Kemetism mimics ancient beliefs. It embraces modern goals as well. Today, people want to live healthfully. They want to live healthy. We understand intuitively that health is the greatest gift. More and more and more people try to protect their health from younger ages. Yoga and meditation step to the forefront in many traditions of comedic spirituality. It focuses on some aspects here as far as dealing with your health. Physical. Number two, mental and emotional. Number three, energetic. And number four is your spiritual. All right. Here's the African roots of Kemetism. Kemetic spirituality strives for inclusion. It's important to acknowledge, though, that it has its roots in a range of African traditions. Anyone can benefit from these. Those with African ancestry make it even more out of the spiritual practice, though. It is very important. Who do they worship in Kemet? Who? Autumn, the creator of God. So his name is thought to be derived from the verb Tim, which means to complete or finish. Thus he has been interpreted as being the complete one and also the finisher of the world which he returns to watery chaos at the end of the creative cycle. Autumn is one of the most important and frequently mentioned deities from early times, especially, uh, yeah, especially according to the Heli 
Heliopolis. Yes, the Heliopolis mythology of creation as evident by his prominence in the pyramid text, where he is portrayed as both a creator and father to king. His worship centered on the city of Heliopolis, Egyptian Anu or Anu, the only surviving rem, uh, remain of Heliopolis is the Temple of Ray Autumn Obelisk, located in Al Masala of Al Mataria, Cairo. It was erected by the Sunu, was it Sinusret one of the 12th dynasty and still stands in its original position. All right. You want to know about, you really want to know about a few of these uh, people here. Tutmosis. Tutmosis was born, well, they call him Tutmosis III, born in 1481 BC, died in 1425 BC, ancient Egypt, Kemet. Yes. Tutmosis III was the sixth pharaoh of the 18th dynasty, officially Tutmosis the third ruled Egypt for almost 54 years and his reign is usually dated from April 28th, 1479 BC to 11th of March, 1425 BC. From the age of two and until his death at age 56. However, during the first 22 years of his reign, he was co-regent with his stepmother and aunt, Hadesput. So, I'm trying to pronounce it right. Who was named the Pharaoh? While he was shown first on surviving monuments, both were assigned the usual royal names and insignia, and neither is given any obvious seniority over the other. Tutmosis served as the head of Hesus' army. During the final two years of his reign, he appointed his son and successor, and successor Amenhotep II, his firstborn son and heir to the throne, Amenemat, predeceased Tutmosis III. He would become one of the most powerful pharaohs in the 18th dynasty. the son of Tutmos II by a secondary wife Aset or Aset. His father's great royal wife was Queen Hadesput. Her daughter Neferun was Tutmos' half-sister. So Tutmos died 
but Thutmose III was very young to rule, so Hidesut became his regent, soon his co-regent, and shortly thereafter declared herself to be the pharaoh while never denying kingship to Thutmose III. Thutmose III had very little power over the empire, while Hatshepsut exercised the formal titulary of kingship. Her rule was quite prosperous and marked by great advancements. Some Egyptologists speculate that Thutmose married his half-sister, Neferun, but there is no conclusive evidence for this marriage. It has been suggested that Neferu may have been the mother of Thutmose's firstborn son, Amen Nimet. Hmm. Widely considered a military genius by historians, Thutmose III conducted at least 16 campaigns in 20 years. He was an active expansionist ruler, sometimes called Egypt's greatest conqueror or the Napoleon of Egypt by the Egyptologist James Brettus. He is recorded to have captured 350 cities during his rule and conquered much of the Near East from the Euphrates to Nubia during the 17th known military campaigns. He was the first Pharaoh after Thutmose I to cross the Euphrates, doing so during his campaign against Matani. His campaign records were inscribed onto the walls of the Temple of Amun in Karnak. Yes, much known about Thutmose the warrior, not only because of his genius in the military, but because his role scribe and many army commander, Danui, who wrote about his conquest and reign. Now, he has captured so many lands and cities because of his military technology. Now, he was a rebel, but he had that, milita that military weaponry to his advantage. So there was a lot of great history. Um, I want to talk to you about Wajet. That's right. The importance of Wajet. Wajet was said to be the nurse of the infant god Horus. With the help of his mother Isis, they protected Horus from his treacherous uncle Set when they took refuge in the swamps of the Nile Delta. Wajet was closely associated in ancient Egyptian religion with the Eye of Ra, a powerful protective deity much of committed history. What was her role in Kemet? She was believed to have helped Isis nurse the young horse and help mother and baby hide from Set 
in the marsh of the Delta. She was also considered to offer protection to all women during childbirth. Yes. Wadja is the goddess of the Lower Egypt, Papyrus, and protector of Pharaoh. Now she is the uh, pre-dynastic cobra goddess of Lower Egypt, a goddess originally of a city who grew to become the goddess of Lower Egypt, took the title Eye of the Raw, and one of the Nitti of the Pharaoh. Now, often shown as a rearing cobra, she was a protector of the Pharaoh, ready to strike and kill his enemies. She was also depicted as a woman-headed cobra, a winged cobra, a lion-headed woman or a woman wearing the red crown of Lower Egypt. She was often shown together with Nekibut. I'm sorry. Nekibut. Some of these names are hard to pronounce. But who was in an identical form as a snake or a woman. The goddess Wajet comes to you in the form of a living Uraeus to anoint your head with her flames. She rises up on the left side of your head and she shines from the right side of your temples without speech. Now this is from the Book of the Dead. So Kemet, it does have a lot of history. Um, has a lot of great history. Um, if you ever really, really want to start black history off, it doesn't start with slavery. It starts at the beginning of time and it starts in the ancient days of Kemet. That's right. And spirituality even though it's like a black African spirituality is starting to become worldwide and very accepted among major cities like in New York in New Orleans, Louisiana um, it's even accepted in Oklahoma special shout out and love to Oklahoma um, these Traditional spiritualities came before the existence of Christ. Yeah, that's right. So, before you say Jesus is the way of the world, let's not forget about the role Kemet plays in the real black history. Let's not forget about the Yang Dynasty, which plays a big part in black history. 
Ling uh, Zing Dynasty. That was very significant too. Yep. But I have to say, I must say, the spirituality is totally different than following a deity who couldn't figure. So, sorry for the little pause there. A little tired. <laughs> but, um, do the knowledge. Have knowledge for yourself. Know the symbols. Know the blueprint. You know, commit is science. It's not only an actual black name, but it is pure scientific, pure nature-ish. It's something that you should never forget. It's something that I've learned at Hampton University. Special shout out to Dr. Natalie Robertson. So all of these stories here, the story of, you know, similar to the Bible, it came before Christ. It came before Jesus Christ was ever thought of. Kemet came before Christ. And a lot of people are going to get mad because they love the church. They love the Holy Spirit. They love their pastor. But have you guys taken the time to do research on your own? You know, so it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to talk about. Um, Enoch. Enoch was the first person to live a perfect life he's the first to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven and and not die okay there was no death or anything he was simply being praised Yeah. So Enoch was the first perfect human being, not Jesus. But Kemet will always be a part of the importance of black history. Yes. But um Hey guys, I want to I want to go on another segment, but I'm going to stick it with this one. I'm going to tell you the real reason why I left and dump inner visions of a political side hustler volume two. And a lot of people are wanting, wanting to know why I did it. 
I'll give you the real reason is because my show, my podcast was not going in the direction that I would want to. Yes, I just started doing podcasting, but I want to be great at it. Just drinking me a Diet Coke right now, y'all. Please forgive me. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I was just drinking the Diet Coke, so please forgive me. (laughs) The show in the beginning was a surprise to me. I was surprised at how some people were willing to listen. It was slowly but maturely growing. (coughs) It was slowly growing and eventually it went from Los Angeles, California to Nashville, Tennessee to Dallas, Texas even Russia is was listening um, Ghana was listening Australia um, New Zealand um, so many others, Brazil, and to have them listen to you, it meant it meant the world. It meant the world to me. The listeners meant the world to me, and I was honored and blessed. But also, I was a little too controversial, and at times. Unprofessional by putting somebody else's business out there and kind of like being a person that holds a grudge. And when I listened to it, I was like, no, I wasn't proud. I wasn't proud of it. I felt like I made a rare mistake. I felt like I have, um, I let the people down. I have, and it's not only being too controversial or being at times offensive, which I'm not politically correct, so I don't apologize about that. But the last, I say the last two months, the show is like it stopped. It's like people stop listening to me. It was like I get one play. The last 10 or 12 episodes, I should say the last 12 episodes, I've gotten at least just one play. Not two, not three, not four, but one play. I mean... One day I would love to do an interview with the beautiful, beautiful Asia to get it going a little bit. Because that episode where I did a whole show about the beautiful Asia has saved almost, well, it actually helped my show. It really has. Um, 
but eventually the show, the ratings or whatnot, was not going in a direction that I thought. So I thought it was time to make that sudden risk, but unnecessary change, change for the better. And I wanted to keep it a little bit more professional, but I also want to go international with it. You know, I've did a lot of American news, but now I'm focusing on what's really happening in Sri Lanka. That bothers me a lot. That's touching to my heart. Um, You know, the things that were happening in Houston, Texas. Special shout out to Dr. Candace Matthews when she was talking about a lot of great people who are living in these apartment complex having to endure roaches and rat infestation. It's like you're better off being homeless. You can't live in that condition. So when I look at the creator, it's like, why are people living like this? Why? Why? It's okay to question the God of your understanding. That means you care about that relationship with the God of your understanding. You know, do I miss intervisions of a political side hustler? At first I did, but now I don't. It's time for something new. But to everybody who is in to Kemet or ancient Egypt or ancient America, please read the books of Dr. Sheikh Anna Jop. Is it African? Myths or reality, you know how it is. Yes, yes. So I'm trying to stay awake, but if you're into black spirituality books, check out Dr. Shekana's shop. And Dr. Ivan Von Sertema, Dr. John Henry Clark, um, you know, they came before Columbus. Um, what else? The ISIS Papers by Dr. Uh, Shiraz Ali. Look them up. Um, You know, there's a lot of great information out there. We just got to not be lazy. We got to stay focused and stay, you know, stay humble, you know, because there is a civilization before Christ. There really is. All right. You had Norma, who is the founder of the Lower Egypt, yet Tutmosis was a military strategist. All right, all right, everybody. Well, that's going to be the show for tonight. Um, I'm about to head on to bed and get ready for work, but 
I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time to open yourself and release your mind and realize that, you know, the life that the creator has given to you, don't take it for granted. You might not like where you're at right now. You might, you know, you might want to, you know, push off your blueprint when it's not going your way but the creator says hey this isn't an easy journey i never said it was going to be easy i never said it was going to be completely gravy no there's a lot of caution signs a lot of roadblocks that is going to hinder you from going into a straight path that's expected in your journey i mean I'll be honest, I'm in such a bad slump where financially I've never I've been the worst slump in my life. And I've thought about doing harm to myself, but the creator has pulled me to the side and it's like get up, get up. It's time for you to start fighting. I'm dead serious. People gotta wake up and realize the truth is right in front of you. You just have to find a way to get these resources. Fight for your rights, but have knowledge of yourself. That's the key. Everyone, my final message for tonight is Make the impossible possible. Love yourself and others around you. And, you know, in a spiritual proverb, stay peaceful as a dove. That's right. Staying peaceful as a dove. Yeah, so. Make the impossible possible. And you wonderful people have a glorious night. Much love. Wanna look creative and look cool at the same time? Feeling smart and creative? and you want to be unique all around the world, then check out one of the hottest t-shirts in the world. That's right. Dash T-shirts, Consigneur. One of the best t-shirts that you'll ever see in all kinds of designs. That's right. Go check out my boy, Christopher Dash, as he has Dash T-shirts, Consigneur. That's right. Check out Dash T-shirts, Consigneur. Dot myshopify. Dot com. Check it out. Do you value your life? Does your life mean a lot to you? Tired of the stress, tired of trying to find 
which way is up or what direction you need to go, then come check out one of the best coaches in the world held in Los Angeles, California, Coach Monique Moore. That's right. Coach Monique Moore has a masterclass in how to improve your life, how to get better results, and how to self-improve. So please check out Life Coach Monique Moore, who is in Los Angeles, California, and check her out on Instagram, TikTok, and so much more. This is the Inner Visions Remix.
Every moment in life is a bet. Like betting on taking a hitchhiker tailgating. the sounds of the Blackbirds City Life and then following the Blackbirds was Cool in the Gang in the 
74 album, Wild and Peaceful. The hot chart, I'm sorry, their hot chart topping hit, Hollywood Swinging, was very popular. And everyone got on the dance floor once that song hit the floor. Everybody hit the floor. Everybody hit the floor. (laughs) But we're going to bring on this next song by the Tramps. Body contact. Yes. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. And this song is in 1977 in their chart topping album, Disco Inferno.
TV has no hidden fees and includes unlimited DVR space. YouTube TV. Try it and free. some more sounds by The Tramps. Morning, you should have something tasty and simple, like this thing. They were talking about the blackout in New York City in 
Big city life, big city problems, big city stress. For some Americans, many Americans, they live in big cities. And some, they can't handle it. The demands were high. The rent is high. The economy is not what it's supposed to be. There's opportunities, but very little pay. You have to be an entrepreneur, actor, actress, big time athlete to even fit in the big city. And that's where mental health illness kicks in because they felt like they don't have a chance. They feel like in this big city, they don't have enough money to live well. Expectations are high. That means the stress is high too. Yep. So we're going to um, watch a video, but I wanted to share with you this. Um, Many people who live in big cities, uh, nine times out of ten, they move out because, one, they make enough money, but the rent is so high that they live paycheck to paycheck. That also goes with entrepreneurs. They live in big cities, making a whole lot of money. But when it's time for rent or even mortgage, they couldn't afford it because the rent keeps increasing and increasing and increasing. And then on the landlord side, you have some landlords who go bankrupt, even be evicted themselves because even during the pandemic where there was a rent freeze and landlords were losing a lot of money. They losing investments. They get evicted. The pressure is on them to maintain payments and their investments all of a sudden go downhill. So it was also hell for investors too during that time. And it was hell for the renters as well. So, it elevated their stress level and to the point where they get admitted to the hospital at a three-quarter rate. A lot of it's big city life. Some of it is probably dealing with dieting. A lack of rest and meditation. They're too focused on work after they get home. They don't know how to relax. They don't know how to separate work from home. And it carries on and it builds up stress. Your home is supposed to be the castle. Your home is supposed to be the sanctuary. The home is supposed to recharge and cleanse your crown chakra 
known as the mind, a.k.a. brain. That's right. So I am going to play a clip. Yep. Going to play a clip in um, where people would say about Los Angeles, where they did a story on it. We're going to listen to um, Big Vic Media on YouTube play a video. It's only like six minutes. But I, but I think people, I think some of you great people need to be informed of what is happening in California. moving to LA if you're not in a major hub of a city. Today I'm going to be talking about different costs of rent in Los Angeles. And a lot of you probably already know back in April, probably the worst timing ever with COVID, I signed a lease to live in Los Angeles part-time and going forward, if you guys have any questions about what that was like for me, uh, I'd be happy to answer them because I feel like there's not a ton of resources out there. So without further ado, let's get into it. So I didn't just Google these different things and look for apartments online. What I did was I just reached out to people that I knew and asked them if they wanted to participate in this, tell me where they live, what kind of place they live in, and then how much a month it is for rent. So if you know nothing about LA, uh, from my experience, it's that downtown LA and then the Santa Monica area, that whole area is kind of where you'll be going a lot. But obviously it's gonna be more expensive to live in that area because then you're cutting down on the commute. Why wouldn't everyone wanna live there? So the place I'm staying at is in Northridge, out in the valley. It's a decent commute in if there's no traffic, it's about 25 minutes to downtown LA or to Santa Monica area. But if there's traffic, Lord knows how long it's gonna take you. So I'm gonna start off the place I'm living at. The house is a five bedroom, five bathroom. So that means you can have five roommates and you don't have to share a bathroom, which is great. Uh, in that place, the rent came in at a whopping $38.50, which might sound like a lot to you if you don't live in LA right now, but that's actually very affordable when you split it between five people. That's $770 a person. And honestly, I kind of have the shortest end of the stick in that house because I just have a room and a bathroom. But one of my roommates has the master bedroom, so the master bathroom as well. And then he also has a studio out in the backyard that was part of the guest house. Another one of my roommates has his bedroom, his bathroom, plus a studio on the inside of the house. Now, another one of my roommates had a really big bedroom. I never actually saw inside, but everyone said it was super big. And my other roommate lives out in the guest house and it's a pretty sweet spot. Before we move on, I wanna to talk to you about some of the other payments that came along with that house. So every two months you would have to pay the LADWP, which is the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power. Kind of sucks as bi-monthly and God, those payments are so much compared to where I live in Reno. Uh, so the bi-monthly payment would be somewhere around like $1,600 to $2,000, which is like, like, I couldn't imagine living there on my own and having to pay that amount 
that's nuts. I mean, to put that in perspective, if I was paying bi-monthly here in Reno, ours would be like $300. Crazy. So that would basically equate to us paying like two, $300 a person every two months for that. And then you have your internet and then we also had a house cleaner, stuff like that. So basically a month I'm spending about that. Okay, uh, enough with that. Uh, let's go to something else. Sorry, I just... How uh, do we demonstrate our unmovable strength? Where was that, so, uh... Despite the fact that California has rent control, rent in California has skyrocketed with a 20 to 30% increase. It's a great short-term band-aid, and when rent control was first created by the federal government around the world wars, uh, they knew it was a temporary measure. It wasn't meant to be something that's in place for more than 40 years. And that's the disaster that we've created in the state of California. These are not appropriate measures to encourage housing and encourage affordable housing. My guest today is Daniel Yukelson, executive director at the Apartment Association of Greater Los Angeles. Today, he'll explain the multiple factors causing rent prices to increase and what needs to change in order to provide affordable housing in California. Government shooting itself in the foot. Property taxes go up every year. Cost of labor today and supplies because the supply chain shortages are just crazy. We're in a high inflationary environment, yet cities like LA and Beverly Hills have frozen any kind of rent increases and also made it very difficult for owners to collect rent because of these moratoriums. And all that stuff just snowballs and the costs have gone up. And when owners do have a vacant unit, just to stay afloat, they need to increase their rent in that kind of environment. I'm Siamai Korami. Welcome to California Insider. Thank you, thanks for having me. We wanna to talk to you about rents and rent control. One of the things that we've seen is that California rents are up through the roof. Some statistics say over 20%, and totally what I've seen in some places that the rents are up 30%. We also have the rent control in California, which is supposed to be 5% plus inflation, which shouldn't be more than 10 to 12%. We wanna to talk to you about this. What are your thoughts on rent being up? Is there any reason that you say well, you have too many people chasing too few units that are available. You know, since the 1970s, since we started implementing all these regulations like rent control and just cause eviction and right to counsel, the construction in the state of California has really stopped in terms of multifamily housing because the regulatory burden is just too excessive and there's very little upside for developers um, to go into a market and build more housing, particularly affordable housing. And what you're seeing by large rent increases, number one, it's always been a supply and demand issue. And the regulations have not only stifled more housing construction, mm -hmm. but it's really forced a lot of people to want to get out of the business. And we're seeing that even more today after having two years of eviction moratoriums and in some jurisdictions freezes on any rent increases. And what people need to understand is the majority of apartment owners in the state of California, something like 82 percent, 
are what we call small business mom and pop owners. These are people that have made passive investments in rental properties, uh, perhaps uh, own four to eight units, typically one building, sometimes two. And they really made these investments for their retirements uh, rather than taking a risk, putting their money into stocks and bonds on Wall Street. They decided to invest in real estate, which you know, traditionally has been a very stable business to be in in the United States. And there's always been upside on your investment. You build equity over the years. And, you know, when you need it in your retirement, you can sometimes sell the property or it's something that it gets inherited by your children down the road. And, you know, these, these people are, are really part-time operators. They're, they're like me. I own six rental property units and I have a full-time job. And so these people can't keep up with all these regulations and they're literally uh, running scared out of the business. They're selling their properties. These properties are either being converted to condominiums or being redeveloped into luxury buildings. And, you know, that's really what's been added to the California market these days in terms of rental property are these high amenity luxury buildings that have extremely high rental costs that the average person can't afford. You know, the price of land, the price of construction because of of all the regulations in California make it so expensive to build. It costs something like $650,000 to $700,000 just to build a one-bedroom unit today in California. And most people can't afford that. That turns into very high rents. And so uh, we're not building affordable housing. And the rents are increasing because what's coming online are very expensive luxury apartments that you know, we really don't need so much of that in California. We need more affordable housing, and the government needs to get together with the industry and provide some incentives to build something more affordable. Now, one other phenomenon that we have seen is that the vacancies um, are very low, so meaning that uh, a lot of the houses are full of, you know, there's not that many apartments available on the market for rent. And we are hearing that there's multiple offers. So it's, you list an apartment for rent and you get like 50 people <laughs> coming and applying. Why do you think these vacancies went up? Is it because of the eviction moratorium? Something happened. Well, all of a sudden there is. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're now coming out of this two year cycle of the pandemic. But what we saw, and, you know, my. Uh, one four-unit building is a case in point. I had a vacancy early on in the COVID uh, days, uh, back in you know, mid-2020, and I was very concerned you know, when my tenant decided to move out and go live outside of Los Angeles. A lot of people were leaving urban areas, and um, I also own property further north, and I saw a huge demand up in areas like Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo County because people just wanted out of the city. They did not want to live in these small boxes and be so closely cohabitating with other people and when people were getting sick. And so I, I was fortunate. I ultimately did lease my vacant unit back then, but you know, I literally got two or three people to look at it and just by luck I happened to find somebody. But you know, it took me over 30 days to lease it, which is Unusual in the Los Angeles market. Now, fast. This is the Epoch Times in Los Angeles, California. <clears throat> it was a good interview. Um, it was actually a half hour long, but I've cut it off like six or seven minutes into it.
but I wanted to give you my suggestions that I wanted to give to you great people. Special shout out to the great people over in Nigeria who is uh, listening to my show in in the Philippines. Much love to you guys. Alberta, Canada. Special shout out to you. Um, special shout out to Finland. The Netherlands that is listening to my show. Dubai, Tokyo, Japan. Even Los Angeles, California, all the way up to Jackson, Mississippi. Much love. Much love. Much love to everybody tuning in. But um, I have some suggestions that people need to hear. Um, it might not be right to you. But, you know, it, it's just a slight suggestion, you know, out of the kindness of my heart, you know, speaking from from kindness, speaking out of love. Um, one, uh, before you move into a big city, if you are accepted by a big market job, do study on the housing market first before you decide to make that big jump. Do that research first. Don't just accept don't don't just accept a position and then you know you you know there's apartment or housing market that is so expensive monthly that you can't even afford it. Excuse me. So it's yeah, that that will be that'll be hard. You know, don't don't do like I've been doing. Live above your means because it's going to catch up with you sooner or later. And it will be financial stress and burden on you. You don't want that. All right. Let's talk about Another thing you want to do. If you're living in a big city, you have a job and you have housing, you can't afford your rent, you have family here in the big city, but you you don't have family outside of the city, but yet you look for a job that's outside of your hometown. The rent is affordable, but the pay is astronomically great. Once you do proper research, do what's right for you. Make that move. Make that move to ease the financial burden. Because it's about obtaining your happiness. It's about obtaining your mental health because you want to have a sound mind when you're making all kinds of decisions all right so always do your research and always ask people you know look at the reviews always look at the reviews before you make that leap of faith to go to a place that you think you should dream home or 
something that you think is comfortable for you. But when you go there and you realize that eh, it's too much, then it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to pay it all at once. All right. Another thing, see what you can scale back. Push come to shove. Just if you have a phone bill that's too high, scale back. Internet, if it's too high, scale back a little bit. Car payment. Try to prevent a car payment. The last resort is bankruptcy. That's the last resort. I don't want I don't want to see people get into bankruptcy. But try to find ways to talk to your creditor. You see what they can do to ease your mind. You want to have a peace of mind, then find a way to communicate. Communicate with your lender. That's what I want you wonderful people to do. All right. So I want to Okay, this is going to be for a little bit. Would you start with better ingredients, better pizza? You also get better There's another little mini documentary of the don'ts of Los Angeles. Now you know I love Los Angeles. You know, it's a good place to visit. It's a good place to travel. But as far as living, uh, it's kind of hard. You got to be a big time business person. Your venture capital has to be, has to be in the millions. times of the day so make sure you're paying attention when you're going to be driving around town because a 20 minute ride can turn into a 60 or 70 minute ride just like that when it comes to traffic so plan ahead plan your trips during the day if you're going to be using uber and lyft plan around those peak times because oh my god the, the surge pricing for them can make a seven dollar you know trip into like a 37 dollar trip but really, I think where the biggest one is, is planning your time. If you're getting out to the airports, make sure you're planning around that because they're not going to hold the plane for you because you got stuck in traffic. Everybody gets stuck in traffic here in L.A. It's just a way of life. OK, so just relax. Realize that's just part of it. OK, now another don't I have for you when you come to L.A. A lot of times when you have a city, there's like a downtown center area you go for and that has all the sites. Well, L.A. does have a downtown L.A., but I do have a don't for you. Don't really think you need to go to downtown L.A. because if you want to go to the Getty, no, nah, it's not there. The Getty Villa, no, nah, it's not there. Oh, Beverly Hills, nope. Hollywood, nope. Hmm. Oh, to the beaches, nope. It's not really, it's not really packed with lots of stuff as a tourist that you want to do. And I'll talk about later uh, in terms of uh, the the glamour versus the grime of L.A. But honestly, downtown is not necessarily 
packed full of sites, okay? So if you're kind of listing out the place you want to go here in LA, maybe you have Santa Monica and Venice Beach, and then you got Beverly Hills and Hollywood, and you got, oh, they're going to the San Fernando Valley, and I want to go up there. I'll be honest with you, downtown will probably, unless you're taking the train from Union Station or you're using the Metro, you're probably not going to be wanting to go downtown. And, and one of the reasons why is our third don't, and that is don't mess with the homeless people when you are here. You will see a lot of homeless people here in L.A. I mean, a lot. Whether you're on the beaches here or you're downtown, there is Skid Row. It's downtown. But also, if you're randomly on side streets, you're randomly by restaurants, fast food joints, you will see homeless people all over L.A. Now, it's not everywhere, every single spot, but there is a big homeless problem here, and they're working on it. But for you as a tourist, I recommend don't mess with them because some, yes, are, are using drugs and some do have mental illness. You do want to be careful when you're here. Most of the time, they're not going to bother you at all. But I do not recommend you go up and like go explore in one of the camps in some of the parks. That would not be a good idea. Now, another don't I have for you is uh, don't bother with public transportation when you come to L.A. Look, this is a car city. You will be driving around. Now, some people, they'll be rent cars. Some people do Uber and stuff. But honestly, public transportation it's not super helpful, okay? The buses, yeah, I probably wouldn't recommend using them. It's probably not your jam, okay? The subway or the metro they have here, it can be helpful if you're in downtown and you want to go to the Santa Monica. Yeah, it goes to Santa Monica. You can go out there and it can stop in Hollywood. So there are some stops that can help you. But the metro, the subway, doesn't really go a lot of places for a tourist that's going to be helpful for you. So don't plan on, you know, the public transportation to help you when you're here. And so you're probably gonna be using a lot of Ubers and Lyfts when you're here, or you're gonna be driving. I would say for the Ubers and Lyfts, don't order your Ubers and Lyfts, you know, during peak hours because the prices will skyrocket during that, okay? Plan to avoid as much of the rush hour traffic as you can. Don't try to be any place between eight and nine, maybe get there at five or 10 or 11 o'clock arrival. The thing is, it doesn't matter how you're getting your... Okay, that's enough. <laughs> There are beautiful places in big cities, but when it tampers with your health, when it increases your stress level, then it's time to make an adjustment or it's time to make a change. So there's nothing wrong with living in a big city as long as you're financially and metaphysically able to carry on the load of responsibility because Every job, every career, or every business that you own or have, as far as, you know, is very demanding. Jobs are very demanding. Your own business can be very demanding. Clientele can be very demanding. Even going to place to place in your um, leisure time, very demanding. <laughs> that is the life of the big city. All right. So like I said, just pray, meditate, do your research, do your homework, look into it. If it's going to put you in massive debt, then just take a step back and say, no, nah, it's probably not for me. But that's going to do it for our podcast tonight. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And remember, always make the impossible possible. Because with that connection with the creator, you could do anything 
you want to do as long as you step out on faith after prayer. Until next time, be safe, stay blessed, with no stress. Much love.